Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. This is a bonus teaching that Brian shared at Rehope Royston as part of the current series, Equipped to Bring Freedom. If you'd like to catch up on this series, make sure to listen to parts one through three first. I'm going to try and be on my best behavior. I am recording this on my phone, so that's why I have this in my ear, but um, I think it's going to be a good night. Some of you are thinking, okay, spirit of death, Ingraham, right? You, why are we talking about the spirit of death at, here in Royston? Why are we talking about here in Glasgow? Two reasons. First of all, it makes a really good um, example when we're talking about uh, demons and unclean spirits, but also because the spirit of death is so obvious in Glasgow more than any other city in Western Europe. So what I mean by that is you look up the Glasgow effect on Wikipedia or whatever, and it says this, it says the Glasgow effect refers to the lower life expectancy of residents of Glasgow compared to the rest of the United Kingdom and Europe. The phenomenon is defined as an ex, uh, an excess mortality in the west of Scotland, Glasgow, after controlling for deprivation. Although lower income levels are generally associated with poor health and shorter lifespan, and uh, the socialists have argued that poverty alone does not appear to account for the disparity found in Glasgow. Equally deprived areas of the UK, such as Liverpool and Manchester have, liar, have higher life expectancies and the wealthiest 10% of Glasgow population have a lower life expectancy than the same group in other cities. As of 2016, life expectancy in Scotland was lower for both females and males than anywhere else in Western Europe. Than anywhere else in Western Europe. Now, um, according to the article on the 21st of March, 2023, so this is just a few weeks ago, from the highly reliable source, The Daily Record. <laughs> but still, nonetheless, here's the headline, 21st of March. Scottish life expectancy in one city worst in UK as babies live 12 years less. 12 years less life expectancy in Glasgow. And it goes on to say, a group has analyzed ONS data and found that the top 10 constituencies with the lowest life expectancy all come from Scotland. And the top seven, number one through seven worst, are all in Glasgow. Glasgow Southwest, Glasgow South, Glasgow Northwest, Glasgow Northeast, Glasgow North, Glasgow East, and Glasgow Central. So in recap, seven Glasgow constituencies have the lowest life expectancy in Scotland and the UK and the lowest life expectancy levels in all of Western Europe, Glasgow. Like what we're experiencing here isn't normal. It's not just being weird that I'm picking on this topic tonight to, to, to teach on this, okay? And now there's a lot of theories on why. But the, the reality is they don't know. They don't know. Like you're looking at all the levels, like, you know, the, the, uh, like I said, the life expectancy of the top 10% in wealth is still way lower than the top 10% in wealth in other comparable cities. It's just, it just, there isn't, um, you know, again, there, there's theories. So tonight I want to talk about death. 
And I, I want to talk about death first, and then I want to talk about the spirit of death, which is particularly and very obviously present in Glasgow. As I talk about it and describe it, you'll see it. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be aware of it. And again, I want to just say, like, what we see in, in our city and in our areas is not normal. Glasgow is the worst or the most obvious when it comes to all of Western Europe, okay? So let's start with death. Just, just laying it down here, the story of death in the Bible, story of death in the Bible in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, it says this in verse 15. The Lord God took the man in the, and placed him in the Garden of Eden. Sorry, no woman yet. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Genesis chapter 3 comes along. They eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then death entered the world. There was no death before then. And then starting in Genesis chapter 3, death enters the world. We read about this in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way, death spread to all people because all sinned. The gospel of Jesus is, Jesus defeated death on the cross. He he was victorious. He was slain uh, on the cross. But when when he died, he was able to Steal the keys of death and Hades, says Revelation chapter 1. Steal the the keys of death and Hades. And so, yes, death comes to us all. But because Jesus has the keys of death and Hades, he is able to offer us new life, eternal life, life after death, escaping the the terror of death and the the finality of death, uh, not only just in forgiveness, but literally new life eternal life, actual life. You continue on the book of Revelation, you see the story of death, and you see that finally, after judgment day, God will take death, and in that case, seemingly personified as a spirit, as a demon, and cast it into the lake of hell, or sorry, the, the lake of fire, the lake of fire. At the end of chapter 20 of Revelation, death is the last enemy, the final enemy, that once Jesus gets all his enemies put under his feet, death is that final enemy. And then finally you read in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4 that death will be no more. Okay, so that, that's the story uh, of, of death when it comes to, to the Bible, that God has a plan. Death was not part of it from the beginning. It was a potential consequence of sin. People did sin. Death entered the world. Jesus came and set out a potential new future of eternal life. And then someday God will make all things new and there will be no more death. That will be ended. So I hate death. I, I hate I hate death. Death is the enemy. Death is the, the enemy of God. It is a result of sin. And I want nothing to do with it. I want nothing to do with anything, uh, anything connected to, to death. At, at the beginning, do not eat on this tree or you will die. That's what happens. So when it comes to death, and it comes to the things of death, again, I want to just say that as, as God's people, as the people of God, we want nothing to do with it. We want nothing to do with it. That is the enemy. That is the enemy of Jesus and one that he will be victorious over. So 
Death as a result of, of sin, is all death demon related? I don't believe so. I, you could probably make a case for that if you wanted to. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But what I do know is that there are demons who are named in the Bible death, whose mission is to bring about as early of a death as possible. To torment people with fears of death and to keep it on their minds and to bring about early death. So again, just as a reminder, what is a demon? A demon is, and there was angels created, and the, the purpose of the angels are, is to do to serve God and to do exactly what God wants done. But um, Satan decided he wanted to be worshipped. He wanted to be in the number one place. And so he rebelled and he rebelled and the angels under his domain rebelled against God and they fell. And we call those fallen angels that rebelled against God and we call them demons. And so in, instead of being like the angels who exist to bring about exactly what God wants done, you have these angels under Satan, who is also an angel. He's not, not anything. He's just one of the angels. Uh, that their now purpose is to do everything that God hates and to do everything that God, that, that is against God, that defies God, to, to, to bring about anything. Like, obviously, Satan wants to be worshipped and all that kind of thing. He tempts Jesus with a, I will give you anything you want, just worship me. Just bow down. Like, that, that's, that's right on the heart. And so all, all these demons then, they're trying to cultivate the things that, that God hates. And one of those things, it, so it makes obvious sense to, to you, like, of course, death is one of those things. One of those, one of those major um, sickness, infirmity, you know, um, people have been texting me verses for the last couple of weeks, right? Like as I'm working on this series and, and they're like, oh, have you considered, what about this verse? What about this verse? And people will say, what about this thing about, about Christian? I'll send them back a verse like, well, what about Jesus in, in sickness? You know, Jesus, uh, you know, took a, our sicknesses upon himself or whatever. And so you've got these demons that are going to be bringing about sickness and things that Jesus has come to heal people of and to set people free of sort of a thing. So demons are, are cultivating those things. And so it makes sense to us that, that there's going to be demons who are going to be uh, specialists in death, which is a massive thing that is an enemy of God. So some classic symptoms of people possibly impacted by the spirit of death. Now, I'm going to, I'm, like I've said before, not everything is a demon, but some of these are pretty big flags. We're not necessarily saying that everything is a demon or a spirit of death in these cases, but there are some factors that should definitely have your flags flying and, and those inner alarms like going off like mad. Um, again, uh, I want to remind you before I make this list, I reminded myself, please remember that what we talked about in the first week, that there's different parts of our, our being that can be impacted by demons, our mind, which includes our memories and our fears about the future, our, our perspective of right now, life right now. Demons, spirits of death can mess with our, our minds and how we perceive our current reality, the hopelessness of our future or the, the, um, the stuff in the past. They can, they can impact our will. Uh, they can impact our emotions. They can impact our bodies. Like, like we've talked about that. And also I want to remind you that it's not like all or nothing. There's a spectrum, there's harassment, there's a, there's a pressure, there's, there's a, a sphere. So when we're talking about being impacted by something like a spirit of death, it's not like they're possessed 
they're fully on demon possessed, right? We're talking, it's all in ranges and, and in maybe affecting one person differently than another and messing with one person's mind or one person's future. But anyways, um, some, some symptoms that if you, if you notice these or you find out this is happening in people's lives, your, your flags are up. Um, freak accident prone, freak accident prone. There are some people who just end up in body cast after body cast after body cast, you know, and it's not, there's, there's no, there's no like normal thing there, like a freak accident prone. Terminal illnesses too young without self-abusive reasons. You just see people, they just, and, and they might recover from one, recover for, they, they might, they might get, you know, a bad cancer diagnosis and then another cancer and then recover and then another, things like, um, people wishing for death. Again, this is a different aspect and a different intensity, but people wish for death. Maybe you see this in Elijah. Elijah wishes for death. Jonah. Jonah wishes for death. Again, these are like saints, and it doesn't necessarily say that was a demon there, but that's, that's something that should get our flags, our flags flying here, especially with both of those guys are, in, are responding to evil situations, whether it's Jonah and all the evil worship in Nineveh or whether it's Elijah and Jezebel and what's going on there. Self-harm, self-harm, um, people uh, obsessed with self. So these would be like people who seek pain. That, that's not a Jesus thing. Jesus, is, that's not a Holy Spirit thing, but there are people who, who want to inflict pain on themselves. That's a major, major flag for, for whatever reason. And that can be everything from cutting. There, there's a spectrum that uh, of painful piercings. There's like piercings, but then there's like, painful ones i'm not I, you can just think about which ones would be more painful like people were just obsessed with more and more piercings and, and pain specifically painful ones um tattoos which is like one of those weird ones that people don't think about the bible says don't get tattoos but this is a you know when you're tattooed you're there's blood coming out right you are you're cutting your skin and usually you get one and then you get another and you get another and you get another because some people maybe not everybody but some people are obsessed with the 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 pain connected to getting of tattoos and, and, and the blood aspect of that. Um, getting implants, studs under the skin, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Or branding, people will brand themselves and then brand over themselves. Or, or um, Ken Fish, we were talking about this, I'd never heard of this, but there's people, it must be in America because definitely not in Glasgow, I doubt it, but like who will want people to shoot them like in a place that won't kill them just for, for the pain of it all. You know what I mean? Just like that sort of self-harm and just, you know, that, that sort of stuff. There, there's, there's also like different religions that have that, what's that called? What's that? Flagelling. Flagelling, flagelling right? Where they, they're, they're wounding themselves. Or if you read Dan Brown book, what are those things in the cutting your, like just, just hurting yourself. Like that's, those are big flags sort of the stuff. The enemy, John 10 says, comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, Jesus came life, life to the full. And again, maybe not, maybe not all of that stuff is a spirit of death stuff, but I'm going to say if that stuff, if somebody is wanting to continually inflict pain or more and more pain on themselves, you're talking big flag stuff. This is not Holy Spirit stuff. There, there's other stuff going on there. Again, other things connected to not just self-harm, but um, suicide thoughts and suicide attempts, which is basically, I desire to end my life before God desires to end my life. I'm going to partner with the death agenda. Of, of, I had a dream, like just on the 31st of May, so I don't know, not too long ago, 
and um, where I was there, and and it was I've come to the end, Brian. Uh, I come to the end of my life, and you know Kelly's there, which was nice that she made it there, and and so uh, and, and and it was time to die, and you know as a reward. I got to like, you know, lay on this table and then and it was, it was euthanasia basically, but it was kind of a reward. And I'm like, okay, oh, well, Brian, congratulations. You get a peaceful entry into eternity. And it's like, and all of a sudden I just had one of those moments in the dream where like, no, like I, I would rather have a painful death, uh, not me taking things into my own hands, than have anything to do with death. That anything, I am not going to partner with that, even for my own convenience. That is, that is not what I want to be about. And so we, I, we got up, I, walk, I walked out, I'm like, no, I'm going to have nothing to do with that. that that's just for free because, you know, that has nothing to do with anything. But anyways, um, so suicide thoughts, anytime you're, you know, you think, anytime you're trying to, uh, thinking of ending, ending your life. Um, other miscellaneous things I've heard about is prolonged toxic grief. Uh, I think you can see an example of this with Jacob in 13 years of a real prolonged toxic grief after Joseph dies but doesn't die, you know, and that whole story. Um, again, stuff like that. But so if, if, the, if these kinds of things are, are present in somebody's mind or will or emotion, so you've talked about like mind things, like what, what's going through my mind or, or, my, or my will, I am hurting myself we're talking about those things. There's a huge chance that those sorts of behaviors are evidence of spirit of death stuff. Because that's not normal. It is not normal for a creature to want to harm itself. That's not, that's not normal. That there's something else um, at work there. So how might someone might be demonized in a big way or in a small way? How, you, how, how might you get this? Like, like a spirit of death. It's very common. Like I said, it's massively common in Glasgow. Um, also Paisley, also Oban. I saw a lot in Oban. But the most common way people end up with a spirit of death is via curses. Curses. And we're going to talk a lot about this in the next couple of weeks at the church. I talked to, I've given the Roysteners a, a quick, a, a, a fantastic uh, overview on curses a few weeks ago, sort of a thing, but we're going to talk about it on, on over the next couple of weeks. But um, curses very often are, are curses with death implications, usually sickness implications, usually death Im implications. So Freemasonry, massive part of Glasgow's history, massive part of it. Um, the descendants of uh, those who walk away from Freemasonry, they, they have been cursed and they've been cursed with death curses. That the descendants, unless those are broken, that's one of those things. We've talked about um, other curses as well, but it could be big curses or it could be smaller curses. Like somebody says, man, I just, I, I, go kill yourself or go, 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 I wish you were dead or, or cursing yourself. I wish I was dead. Or, I wish I, you know, like just those kinds of words can, can, uh, can come with uh, devastating impact. So curses are one way, and again, we'll talk about that more. But here's some weirder ones. I mean, curses, is, that's not weird. <laughs> there are some weirder ones. Coming into, a, into contact with a recently dead body of someone who had had a spirit of death. Now, there's a lot of Bible behind this. 
And this is not how we think today. But remember how in the Bible, the priests aren't allowed to go near dead bodies or they become unclean. Remember how Aaron's oldest two boys are struck down while Aaron is in a, 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 a holy process of becoming priest. And he's not allowed to go to them. He has to stay with, and you're thinking, wow, God is so mean. See, I think we think God is so mean when actually God gets it. He understands what's really going on in ways. So you, you've, got this, you've got this reality of where God, Aaron needs to be set apart as holy in this moment. He can't have any mingling with what's unclean. He can't go near uh, death. Most, most cultures have these theories, including Jewish people, that um, spirits, when a body dies, can can leave a body, and according to the Bible, they don't like wandering around outside of a body, and they're going to want to go to the nearest uh, open door that they can go to. So uh, anyway, so uh, I know that that's, that's a little bit weird, but, but it's still, nonetheless, you see this in the story of Legion in the Bible. Remember the, we talked about that in Royston a few weeks ago, story of Legion. So he's demonized. He's got a legion of demons. How does he get a legion of demons? He's the most demonized person that we encounter in the Bible. I can't think of anybody more demonized than legion. Well, what do we know about him? He just spends all of his time in the graveyard. He lives amongst the tombs. He wanders around the tombs. It, it, it's classic, classic stuff. Like I'm going to spend time around dead bodies, recently dead bodies, and I am wide open, Legion is. Legion is wide open to any spirits who are looking for a new host or recently dead bodies. I'm here. And he's gathering them and gathering them, gathering. So he's got thousands of demons in him, uh, again, living among the tombs. We don't think this way, but just about every other culture does. Like when it comes to uh, death and spirits like that. You do see those thoughts, though, in the Bible where... Um, yeah, what happens when an evil spirit goes out? It wanders. It's looking for another place. Anyway, so that's that's a that's a, a way. Another way, but but again, you're not going to be impacted probably by that unless you are open-ish to it. If you have your armor of God on, if you have your armor of God on and you're standing in your armor of God, you're you're probably going to be fine. I wouldn't mess with it. Um, I've also heard people having near-death experiences might have that. But uh, the next one I want to mention is participating in sins that God has decreed the death penalty over. So there are some sins in the Old Testament that God said the punishment, the penalty for this sin is to be death, is death, is specifically death. So one of those is witchcraft. And really all of those things, seances, psychics, tarot card readers, palm readers, uh, fortune tellers, in, uh, speaking with the dead, say, uh, he, Ricky Healy, Chinese herbalists, like anything connected to the dark, the magic arts, the dark arts, like those are strictly forbidden in scripture, not just practicing them, but going and attending those kinds of things. This is what the Bible says, Leviticus 20. A man or a woman who is a medium or a spiritist must be put to death, death penalty. That's God's decree in the Old Testament. This Not all sins are this way, praise God, but that one was. 
God proclaimed death. They are to be stoned. Their death is their own fault. Stoned as in, you don't get near them when you kill them. You throw stones at them. You're not going to touch them. You don't want to pick up, you know, you're going to stone them. You're going to stay away from the body, though. Stone them. Uh, Deuteronomy 18. No one among you is to sacrifice a son or daughter in the fire, practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or spiritist, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to Yahweh, and Yahweh your God is driving out the nation before you because of these detestable acts. You must be blameless before the Lord your God, though these na- nations, uh, though these nations you are about to drive out, listen to fortune tellers and diviners. The Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. This is off limits for God's people. You, you think of the story of King Saul in the Bible. How does it end? I don't know if you've ever put all these pieces together before, but you know that at the very end of his life, the day before he dies, he goes to see a medium a fortune teller. And if you read the story, I kind of have a, I, I understand why he's like, God's not speaking to me anymore. And he's, you know, he's, there's all these ways that he's not speaking to me. So I, I went to go see a fortune, to, a, medi- uh, a medium, the witch of Endor, not Ewok Endor, the other one. So he goes, he goes to the, the witch of Endor and the next day he dies. Now, how does he die? Well, he tries to kill himself. I mean, he's losing a battle, but he actually doesn't die because he gets struck down like every other king in the, in the book. He literally tries to kill himself. He, something happens to him on the inside where he feels so hopeless and so afraid that he decides to end his life before. before and so he falls on his sword. It, it, is there a connection? Not only does he fall on his sword, then apparently it doesn't work. And so then he pleads with this guy, come over here, friend, and chop off my head. Right? This, this doesn't happen with anybody else, even at their worst moments that, that we read about of the kings of the Bible, even the bad ones. But you, you see the connection. Like he goes to a witch. The, the pronouncement is, if you do that, it is death. And then he then goes out, and, and we already know he's tormented by evil spirits at this point in his life. But then he goes on and he acts in ways very similar to someone exactly actually how you would expect someone who has been received a spirit of death because they have acted out in a sin that results with the pronouncement of death. And he tries to kill himself. Interesting. I mean, at least I, do. I might be the only one, but I, I find this is interesting. So you've got these spiritual laws. That, and, and in the case of participation in any form of witchcraft, you have like God's pronouncement is, is death. And even if people don't put them to death, God's decrees that the consequences is death. And that decree opens up a door for that person, whether they die in that moment or not, for death to be their reality. Because God has proclaimed that this, the result of this is that. The result of doing this is death. So when people do this and they participate in going to talk to their dead ancestors or seances or tarot card readers, they have flung open the, the, the door of their life to say, come on, spirit of death, come on in to me. I'm not saying that, no way, no, but, but like that's what they're doing by their behavior because God has these, these laws. And you might say, hey, I'm a Christian, so I'm a Christian, so I'm immune 
to this stuff. You're not immune. You're a goon. <laughs> I don't know what to, I don't know what to say there because because you're a Christian, you can be free. You can be set free from a spirit of death, but you're not immune. You're not immune from getting it. And and to to you, I say who who would even contemplate such a thing? I would say, what is the number one most important thing that God says? The most important command, the number one of number one things. When God says, this is the number one of all things that I, I, I want from you, that I command from you. Like, this is the tip top, tip top. The most important thing, we quote it every week. And that's what we say, love God. And that's what we always think. It's love God. But there's something before that. And we skip it. The Lord is our God. The Lord only. The Lord alone. And what was the number one first commandment written on the tablet of stone by the finger of God? No other gods. No, we are not mixing anything spiritual. No other spiritual anything, anything, anything other than God and God alone. It is the most it's the number one. Jesus doesn't skip the Lord alone. He, he goes into love the Lord your God with her, but he doesn't leave that bit out when he's affirming what is the most important of, of all the commandments. The most important is, is God and, and, and God alone. So you, you're going through this and God's not making up commands to annoy you. When you are far away from God and when you're far away from obedience to God, and especially the things that he says is the most important, the most important is don't worship any other, don't do any other spiritual thing. It's just me. When we're that far away from him, we are opening ourselves up to the enemy stuff because we're, we're walking in complete disobedience to, to, to what God says. And then God says, you know, love God, love God and all that sort of stuff. But when we step that far away, we are wide open to being harassed and oppressed and tormented at certain levels. I, I just really believe that God did not give us these commands to annoy us. I, I believe he gave us these commands because he understands. He understands exactly how things work better than we do. And he knows when you do these things, in that case, you break this command, these are the spiritual ramifications that come into your life and praise God because of Jesus, we can break them and send them out and, and, and repent and all that kind of stuff. But God gives us these laws for our good to protect us. How we just think, oh, you've got to be legalistic to care about these Old Testament laws. I'd say you've you got to be dialed in. God knows what he's doing and he loves you. These are good. These are good things for our protection. Anyways, so back to number three. We're talking about like ways that, that um, someone might be impacted, curses, and we talked about you know, recent dead bodies, and we talked about participating in sin that God has decreed the death penalty over. There's, there's some other ones, not just witchcraft, but there's not many. I didn't research this, but these are the ones from the top of my head. Okay, I can research uh, false prophets, but that's kind of the same thing, I guess. And then murders, murderers, murdering of eye for eye, tooth for tooth, you know, that sort of stuff. But then there's only really one other that I can really think about that God literally decrees the death penalty over. Adultery. 
for the man and for the woman in different verses, different passages. Adultery is the, the, the other one where you're like, wow, that, that carries the death penalty. We, we, we have such downplayed these things that have the largest penalties, you know, going to see a fortune teller or a tarot card reader or something spiritual or adultery or, or whatever. And really, it's, it's not just adultery. There's a lot of sexual deviant things like bestiality and incense and all that kind of stuff. Incense. Incense. Uh, and in, incest. As incest. I, I, gosh, I'm so unfamiliar with this word. Praise God that I... Uh, I, uh, I, but those sort of things carry the death, death penalty. Now, I was at a conference training not too long ago, a week or two, three or four. I don't know. I don't. I only go forward. I don't know how long ago it was. And, and I was wondering during this training, or during a training, I, just particular session. I can't remember which session it was. I, I was like, I wonder if there's any, like, you know, kind of miscellaneous coming down the generation lines sort of a thing. I was like, oh, is there anything kind of impacting me uh, down the generation lines? And, okay, I'm, I'm putting this, this story in the front end of my experience, so I don't know if all the dots are gonna connect, but, but I'll just, just tell you here because it's just you and me in the recording. Uh, so I got, I, I, I said, okay, well, you know what? I have adultery in my family line. My, my, that's, in, that's in my, not in my experience, praise God. But in my in my ancestry, and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to repent of the sins of my ancestors, who uh, adultery and and just you know repent and walk through the process of confessing and rejecting the consequences of that. And and if there's anything demonic attached to that, just say be gone in the name of Jesus. And so I did this with adultery. It's never crossed my mind before, but just because I was contemplating it all, and I, I I did that. And when it came time to cast this out in the name of Jesus, I manifested, like like demon manifesting. And and you know I didn't have the blood flying out of my face or anything like that. Like I, the one lady that I saw over over there. Very, anyways, I, I just I had the, I was yawning so huge, and only in this moment it was I felt like my jaw was gonna break. Like it just like I I, I can't even imitate. It was just so. Uh, such a response. Now, um, again, I don't, I don't, I don't really know exactly what what's going, uh, connecting all this, and and um, the positive uh, ramifications that I've experienced since then, just in my life, which have nothing to do with sexual sex or anything like that or, or whatever. It just, I enjoy message writing all of a sudden. I I've always thought, and I've you've heard me probably say this from the preaching. Like I find message writing so difficult. But all of a sudden, it is like my favorite day of the week. Like all of a sudden, in just the last couple of weeks, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if there's any connection there with some deliverance stuff and all of a sudden joy in, in this. I don't know. I, but, but all that to say is like adultery is one of those, those things. And, and that can be, when we're talking about these kind of sins, witchcraft or, or whatever, these death sins, like we, can, we, we might have them, we might, we might do them ourselves, or our ancestors might have participated in these, and we need to repent and break the passing down of these things, uh, uh, gener generation line. Now, I get, I've gotten this so many times, I'll just call it out, it's not in the notes, but people give me these, these uh, Bible quotes about third and fourth generation. God says, you know, that sins are passed down third and fourth generation, so there's like an expiry date on this sort of this stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not curses. That's God's discipline on sin. Like he, but, 
some of the curses go from generation to generation. In fact, even some of God's curses. In fact, even the curse of, of death over all of humanity goes for every generation sort of a thing. But that's just like when he's disciplining sin. It's, it's, a, different, it's a different category. Just so, so anyways, um, so sins that have a death penalty is one way. And participating in those or family ancestors having participated in those. The fourthly, willing to choose to cooperate with, um, with death. So Jesus is tempted, but he resists the temptation. He doesn't submit to the temptation. So he's free. There's nothing wrong with being tempted. That's not enjoyable, probably. But it, Jesus is tempted. He's tempted to worship Satan. That is right in the book. He doesn't do it. No problem. So, but sometimes when we're, we're, when we're tempted, let's say, let's say to harm ourselves. Let's say, oh man, I feel tempted to harm myself. Honestly, I've never felt tempted to do that because what special, what special I don't want to, I don't want pain. Anyway, so, um, but let's say it's tempted. Now, I can say no. I can stand in that evil day, Ephesians chapter six. You know, I can stand and I can, I can resist the devil, Peter. And uh, no, Peter's not the devil uh, in, in the book of Peter. And, and he'll flee from you. I can do that. Or sometimes when we're tempted, we agree with the tempter. And we, per, we say, okay, I will, I will do what you want me to do. And we, we, um, we do that. So we move from being tempted to participating in it. And that opens a door. That basically is, is like saying, spirit of death, I agree with you. I, I, I'm not going to resist you. And I, instead, I'm going to walk in step with you. And I'm going to act out what you want me to act out. And we're going to partner together. And that, that opens a door. So willing to choose to cooperate with the spirit of death. Improper celebration of death. Over the top. Uh, some cultures go as far as ancestor worship when it comes to that sort of thing. Different cultures. But there is a, there is a, there's a proper way to, to grieve and, and to respond to death. Um, uh, different for Christians and for, for, for unbelievers. There's different ways to respond sort of a thing. But it's, it's, um, it is a grief. It is a grief. But some some cultures and subcultures just go too far and they make death too big and they almost they almost um make death a something to be celebrated and you don't want to celebrate death that's the enemy we're not celebrating death and once you cross the line from from death is bad to we are celebrating something has shifted and it's really dark and it's opening up doors anyways so friends we want nothing to do with that we want nothing to do with death death is a result of sin death is the last enemy to be put under the feet of jesus it'll be thrown into the lake of fire it will finally be be done with we we don't want anything to do with death and we want we don't want anything to do with any evil spirit connected to trying to bring an earlier death into our life or death-like things into our life jesus came we have life, life to the full. And even in our darkest moments, we just say no way. We will always choose hope because we always trust Jesus. That, that's our path. So again, what's the deal with Glasgow? Why is this the worst of any city in all of Western Europe? Why? I don't, I don't have that answer, but I, but I do know that the history of Freemasonry, 
the, the stuff down at the Glasgow Green, you know, just so much, so much of our city's history. You go into the Glasgow Cathedral, Masonic windows everywhere. It's, it's this disturbing. You go into that, that ancient, the ancient center of Glasgow has so much death in it. When I'm thinking about the ancient center, everything, High Street, you've got the, the, the monolith, you've got uh, at the Glasgow Green, you've got the cathedral full of Masonic stuff. You've got the, that vile, we're saying what, what, 200 meters? I don't know how far away we are. That, that um, museum that, ha that is right at the, in the plaza of the ancient church that has every religion equally represented. Every, it's got uh, demon idols. I went in there once like 20 years ago. It was so spiritually awful. I had to just zip out of there and never go back. Like it's so right at the ancient heart of our city. You have this and, and all that's going on. Um, we have a massive history of Druidism and witchcraft. And here in our city, I mean, you, you walk down High Street, you see it. Like right at the heart of our city, you've got this, 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 this witchcraft, again, connected to death. I don't know if adultery and sexual sins are worse in our city than any other city. I don't know. I don't even, I don't even want to know. But like, 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 like those two pieces are so central. I don't know exactly all that's going on, but I do know that death is the enemy and that we can set people free from the spirit of death from the spirit of death. And maybe there's a curse to be broken in somebody's life. Um, maybe there's a sin that leads to death that needs to be repented of in their life or in the lives of their, of their family lines. And so uh, that's my primer, apparently it's not primer, primer on, on death and the spirit of death. And what I, what I wanna do is I wanna take a break and I want to get a drink of water and and then if people want to, if, if they're like, you know what, I want to just do a prayer tune up, or I just feel like, no, I mean, some of the things you described, Brian, they go through my head, or some of the things you described, I have participated in, in my lifetime, or I, or my ancestors have participated in these things. And I want to pray and re repent and renounce and reject. Um, I am happy to, uh, I, I'd love to lead you through that. And then the other people who are just like, oh, I don't know, uh, you can just either linger if you want to or, or whatever. But that's what I'm doing about three or four or five minutes or something like that. If anybody's interested, nobody has to be interested.